The Business Buzz Podcast. The Business Buzz. Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz for your weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on Voice of Fifth. That's VOW FM 88.1 and we are broadcasting live from our studios right here in Brownfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Mbudiwa Mob Justice Gavaz and I'll be your host uh, for today and for the next hour. Now who's to say the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of business. Now for today it is um, quite an important show that we are going to be going through uh, because it is July, which means it is Savings Month. And that's basically an initiative that's trying to turn South Africa into a country of savers because South Africans have tended to be a country of spenders and we need to increase the rate of savings if there's anything that COVID-19 has really exposed. It's how little people have in savings and emergency funds and uh, other sources of income that they can actually use to go through uh, a troubled time or to go through a crisis because life happens all the time and you always need to be ready but more important for the things that you can plan for, um, there is a savings plan that you can actually put in place. And there is financial advice um, that can actually help you to grow your wealth into the future. So to help us navigate the topic, we're going to be talking to uh, Walani Mabaso, uh, who is uh, the Provincial General Manager for Hauteng at ABSA. And then we're going to also be talking to Zanele Kunene, no stranger to the show. You normally hear her on the, the business. Rap. She is a financial planner at BDO Wealth Advisors who's going to be telling us a little bit um, around savings. So those are the two um, experts that we're going to be talking to uh, just around what it means to plan and uh, financial planning for young adults, what it means to save, what tips and tricks you can use for yourself. Also coming up for the next hour, we're going to be getting into the business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And we'll also be going to be getting into the Buffalo Index where we tell you the state of your 100 rand. Remember that uh, you can uh, keep in touch with us on social media. On Facebook, we have our FM, that's Voice of Fits. And then you can also find our other um, Facebook page, which is Fits uh, Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at VowFM and our hashtag. Hashtag is hashtag business buzz. Remember that you can also stream the station live on vowfm.co.za and remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz Show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business. Otherwise, you can search for us on the main platforms that is iono.fm, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts uh, to listen to our great content. And you can also scroll back and just uh, listen to some of our previous shows and uh, they go back a number of years. So that's how the show is going to be looking like. Uh, definitely make sure you hold on to your seats. On the other side of this, we get into the business wrap. More justice on the business bars. It's time for us to get into the business wrap. That's a part of the show where we let you know um, the top trending business and economics news uh, of the week. And for today, uh, some uh, quick ones for us um, in the market. The first one is just that uh, consumer confidence has actually plummeted in uh, the second quarter uh, because uh, consumer confidence actually slumped to its worst levels in over 35 years during the second quarter of 2020 as households actually grappled with the economic fallout of the phased lockdown restrictions imposed to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. The FNBBR Consumer Confidence Index actually plummeted to minus 33. Uh, that is a low not seen um, since 1985 when President P.W. Bota actually delivered his uh, Rubicon speech amid resistance uh, to the apartheid regime. And that gauge actually hit negative uh, 36 at the time. So um, the collapsing consumer confidence actually mirrors that of business confidence, um, which uh, also fell to its lowest level on record in the second quarter. That uh, consumer confidence index actually uh, results as actually worse than the expectations um, you know, of a reading of negative 22, uh, according to uh, a Bloomberg survey of uh, five economists that was done. And that decline in consumer confidence is actually due to steep falls in the household finances and 
and uh, time to buy durable goods, uh, you know, and uh, sub-indices. So that's what it's looking like. It seems that, uh, you know, the big issue is that uh, a breakdown of the sentiment across household income groups revealed um, from FNB revealed that low-income consumers or those earning less than 2,500 rand a month actually showed the largest decline in confidence, followed by middle-income households um, who earned 2,500 rand uh, between 2,500 and 20,000 rand a month. This actually suggested that efforts by the government to support uh, vulnerable households through extended grant relief uh, during the health crisis did not fully compensate uh, for the pandemic's hit to household incomes, says FNB. Uh, now, the other issues that in the markets um, on Thursday, at least, uh, the RAND actually firmed um, as concerns uh, over the rising number of COVID-19 cases in the U.S. actually put pressure on the U.S. dollar, while gold remains at uh, multi-year highs as investors seek refuge um, in the, the precious metal. So the RAND uh, has mostly maintained its levels at around uh, 17 RAND to the dollar this week, having gained about 1.5 percent uh, since the start of trade on the Monday. The RAND is actually firmed amongst uh, other major currencies um, for the week on Thursday, at least reaching uh, that 16 RAND, uh, you know, uh, 78 to the dollar and actually, you know, firming up um, a little bit um, to 19 RAND uh, against the euro and also 21 RAND to the British pound. Gold has actually fallen to uh, 1,800, uh, $1,800 um, down uh, 0.45 percent, whilst platinum is a uh, 2.36% um, in the positive to $829.43, whilst Brent crude actually lost 1.92% um, to uh, $42.48 a barrel. So that's it in terms of uh, the business wrap. On the other side of this, we get into uh, the Buffalo Index. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. It's time for us to get into the Buffalo Index as a part of the show where we let you know the state of your 100 rand. What can that Buffalo do for you? So for today, because we're talking about uh, financial planning for young adults, we decided to go out into the market and just find out what financial planning advice actually looks like. Now, one of the things that uh, is quite clear is that there is no one set price uh, for financial planning or financial advisors out there. It all sort of just depends on what you're looking for, your needs, your requirements, and more importantly, how much money you actually have out there. But otherwise, globally, um, it seems that uh, the average is that a financial plan or financial advice is going to cost you about a um, $150 to $200. Uh, that's a US dollars. Otherwise, uh, in the local currency, you're looking at around 25 to about uh, 34 buffaloes. That's uh, 2,500 rand uh, to about uh, 3,300. Otherwise, if you're in the local market, uh, the pro tip is that for wealthier people, it is important to note that advisors should set a limit uh, for their maximum fees. Otherwise, unlimited uh, fees don't make sense if you are getting some high returns and your planner is uh, taking, you know, ever-increasing commissions. And then um, there are a couple of uh, options that are available on that front. Uh, Some people take 1% uh, per annum, whereas other people on the higher end are taking uh, 3% per annum um, for what the amount of money that you're investing and generating and stuff like that. It sounds like very little when you think about it from that point of view but over time it is an amount that can build up so always be careful about how you structure that so that's been it in terms of our buffalo index on the other side of this we get into the main topic you're tuned in to the business bus Welcome back to the Business Buzz for today's show. We are uh, focusing around uh, financial planning for young adults um, because it is July, which means it is Savings Month in South Africa. And uh, to help us to unpack some of these issues, we're going to be talking to some financial professionals uh, just around the ways in which young adults can either help their savings uh, to grow and also just uh, some financial planning and practical advice um, that young adults can 
can actually take advantage of. Remember that you can keep in touch with us on social media. We are via FM, that's Voice of Vits. Our other Facebook page is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're hashtag Business Buzz. And remember that uh, you can always uh, follow us on the major podcasting platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all our content is available on iono.fm. So getting into it, we are joined uh, by someone who is no stranger to the show. Uh, we usually hear from her every few weeks, uh, giving us our business wrap. But for today, um, she's putting her financial advisor hat on and she's going to be giving us some practical ways in which um, young people can actually save and perhaps uh, grow some of their savings. And that's uh, Zanele Kunene, who is a financial advisor at BDO South Africa. Zanele, greetings to you. I think as a, as a, as a point of uh, as a, as a place to start, you know, well, why do you think as uh, as South Africa we we are known as a country of spenders and not necessarily savers? So this South African problem um, with regard to the culture of saving, it's largely due to the fact that the money conversation is not something that flows quite easily in conversation. You know, um, personally speaking, you know, my mom would not speak about money in the house. You know, we never sat down being like, okay, what's happening with the finances? So that's the first issue. The second issue as well is um, understanding how um, the how financial planning works is also another issue that because the information of products or financial products or you know just simple a simple conversation with your bank um, has also been quite hard for quite a lot of people so those are the two big reasons why in South Africa that the conversation regarding money has not been has not been um, has not flowed within the community quite well. Um, that has also, you know, stopped us from actually doing financial planning, from saving, and also knowing where to save, which is also another question that quite a lot of us don't um, don't ask ourselves or inquire about. I think that then uh, allows us to get into, you know, the, the 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 more practical part of this conversation because I really want um, us to be, you know, practical in the way we approach this conversation today. And you know, anyone who's listened to the business buzz in the past knows that um, you are an advocate of uh, budgeting, right? So I think that's a that's a good place for us to start. You know, why is having a budget important and you know you know one why is it important and what are some of the ways that people can actually get started on actually one having this thing in place and actually following it uh, following through because it's i think it's nice to have a nice to have a plan but following through with the plan is something else um just to tackle the first part of the question with regard to um why is it important to have a budget the importance um right now that i'm seeing is quite a lot of people now are using the credit accounts to fund their basic needs so that's a one indicator to show that if your income cannot finance your basic um, expenses there's an issue there it means that you are using a bucket of water that that you won't have access to for a very long time and this is what i'm finding it uh, finding it that there's an increasing need for all of us to start budgeting or we're going to start relying on credit or um, unsecured loans to take care of ourselves. And we don't want to do that for our families. Um, so how do you how do you budget? I think that the, the most practical way to do it is get a pen and get a paper. Now, the Japanese culture, the, the Japanese people have a savings culture. And what they do is from a young age, the parents encourage the kids to put money away. Um, but they also encourage the kids to write down all expenses, like to build a relationship with, um, you know, your spending of money because your relationship with money um, does play a huge role as to how you finance your life. So I'd say grab a pen and paper, grab your uh, three months bank statement and start making notes. Start seeing where is your actual starting position. Be very honest with yourself because quite a lot of people have, um, I call it mental accounting. They've got mental budgets and they say, oh, I think my rent is going to cost this much and I pay groceries for this much. 
But those aren't true. You need actual figures, actual numbers that you can measure and you are able to track your spending and actually see if you are making a profit as a, you know, as, as each and every one of us are businessmen and businesswomen. You know, are you making a profit from your income? And if you are not making a profit, you need to analyze where it is you can cut and where it is you can, um, you know, uh, be more flexible and, and be more resourceful. And then, and then on that, um, when someone actually has a budget in place, how does that sort of fit into? Because I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I'm not a financial planner, but I'm guessing that a budget is perhaps one piece of an overall financial plan. Um, what are the, perhaps the other things that someone you know sort of needs to plan for, and maybe you know so that the budget can fit into the bigger picture. One, because once you have your budget, you are able to know um, how much you have available for savings, and you're also able to see how much you have to take care of your family with regard to, um, you know, the household expenses and also your debt. You're able to get a good picture of are you taking care of your debt obligations. So step one is get. Get your budget together. Step two is if you have any um, um, any kind of debt, take care of that. Um, take care of that. Take care of the debt, and then the next step is to then build an emergency savings account, and then you can look into investing. Because if you skip the first two steps, if you skip taking care of your debt and you skip building an emergency savings, what will then happen is when a COVID nineteen uh, situation happens, instead of you uh, being able to draw from your emergency savings, you're going to draw from your um, your savings, your investment accounts, and you are basically taking what you are building for the future away. So instead of you doing that, rather start with step one, get a picture of where it is you are right now, so you're able to know um, uh, what steps to which steps to what steps to take to get to where it is you want to be which is financially free. I'm actually then interested, you know, just coming back to this theme of savings month, and you've touched on the fact that um, without, you know, those first two steps, then, you know, it does, you, the, you almost can't expect yourself to then grow anything if there isn't the first two steps in place. What's your actual philosophy when it comes to, you know, saving? Because someone might be sitting there and saying, ah, Zanita, it's nice that you're saying these things, but like, how are you actually doing it? So I've actually stolen my philosophy from one of my colleagues, um, Radhika Dianistri. And her philosophy is that um, you have to look at your savings or your monthly debit orders to your investments as an expense. So for me, on the first of the month, it's, it's a non-negotiable. It's not a should I, shouldn't I. It is an immediate let it go. Let, you know, let the debit order happen because in my mind, I know I have to do this because I've seen, I've um, categorized it as an expense. It's exactly the same as my rent. It's exactly the same as my car installment. It is an expense that has to be done. So that's been my philosophy. It's worked so well with me. It's kept me committed um, because it's a non-negotiable. I, I, there's no, I don't have to decide on anything. It has to ping on the first I like I like that you know just making it like any any other expense, and then the other one you know I guess on on this practical issue is you know you then someone has the budget in place and then from there they're then able to see um, how much they if they if they're taking care of things like debts and all of that stuff but like how does how do you go about um, I guess encouraging or advising people, you know, to actually practically stick to the plan, whatever plan that they put in place to say that, okay, fine, I'm going to be doing this or I'm going to be saving that amount or I won't be spending on this or I won't be spending on that. Like, how do you get people to actually um, commit to their plans? So how I get to do that is by I ask them to 
tell me what the objective is because you can't just do a budget with the expectation of I'm going to be saving money. What is that say? What is that savings going to do for you? Like, what's the objective of it? So when you when you outline your objective and you're like, okay, if I save this amount of money, this is what I'm going to be do, using it for. That will give that will motivate you to stick to the actual budget. Another thing that I do is I always tell people to be aware of time frame. So you need to be quite cognizant of time because you know a budget as much as it is a you know continuous document that you know will evolve as time on you have to be aware of the time frame like if you if your objective says that in 3 months time you should have done this in 3 months time you should have done that because you set a time you've set also that time frame in which we see if you are able to um reach your goals to measure if you have reached your goals so those are the two uh, things uh, objective as well as time frame and a bonus and this is the very most important one is you have to look at your budget at least four times a month okay at least four times and the reason for this is it's great to remind you to be focused on the end goal and i found that this helps me so much because i'm always getting messages i go on the internet there's a sale here there's a sale there and i feel like oh i should get this maybe i shouldn't <laughs> but i just look at my budget i'm aware of the things i should get and i'm able to you know not be pulled in by all those savvy marketing tools that are out there I guess additionally um, to what you're saying then, are there any other, you know, practical tips you can give? Um, the, because now uh, there's a couple of things that I've been able to glean so far. Look at your budget at least, um, you know, four times a month. Um, you know, you have those three steps that you mentioned um, earlier on. You know, anything else uh, that uh, the young adults can take away? Yes. Um human and when I put together like any kind of goals or objective I'm, I'm quite um, unrealistic you know because I'm so happy I'm happy I'm excited I'm ready to do something I put these unrealistic goals one thing I, I want everyone to do is don't be too excited okay put put down realistic goals don't think that in a matter of two months you're gonna save enough money to save the world it doesn't work like that. You know, have realistic goals that you're putting in your budget. Also, if you are, if you do have debt problems, reach out to your creditors. Have that, like, don't be afraid. Speak to people who can actually help you. You know, you're not going to solve these problems on your kitchen table. You know, if you need to reach out, reach out to people who will, will be able to help you. And then the last one for me, you know, I feel like it's a conversation that needs to be had, but I don't often hear it being had. And, uh, you know, young people, one of the things that young people are engaged in a lot is, uh, you know, dating, relationships, going out, that sort of thing, romantic ties. Do you advise young couples to actually talk about money or is that a conversation that should be reserved for people that uh, on, that are now married? No, listen, you must. You must. It's not even, it's, not, it's, a non, it's part of the non-negotiables because how much you have vacations, you know, as I told you, you need to have this conversation. You need to speak with your partner about money because the end goal of any relationship is to build together, right? It's to live forever and ever together. So in order to live with someone forever and ever, there are expenses and you need to find out where your partner is or if they are in the position to be able to do so. And also, it will also help you with regard to planning um, your own career and your own life because if you are with someone who is not um, up to up to notch when it comes to financial planning you then will be able to educate this person with regard to you know the gaps that they have in their knowledge instead of getting into marriage and then boom all of a sudden this person has a financial affair and then you are sitting with a whole lot of debt and you don't know what happened so it's, i encourage a lot of couples especially young couples have the conversation it is uncomfortable but you must have that conversation um i'm not saying bring the bank statements to the table but ask your partner where he where where is their financial standing um and how and how do they plan on you know 
dealing with their finances. So that was us with Zanele Kunene, who is a uh, financial advisor at BDOSA, uh, just giving us some practical um, examples and ways in which people can actually save. She's a very big advocate uh, of budgeting, and she's just saying that uh, budgeting is the first step in uh, putting together a comprehensive financial plan. Uh, she actually just goes through uh, some things that people can actually do, uh, making sure that you look at your budget um you know multiple times just so that you are always cognizant of um of what you're trying to do also you know making a budget together with a an overall financial plan you know just so that things are practical and she's also just saying that uh, there needs to be a lot of patience that uh, people need to attach to things like budgeting and saving because you're not, uh, to borrow from her words, you're not going to save the world in two months um, of saving. Uh, but just ending off by saying that, uh, re-emphasizing that conversations about money need to be had, uh, but uh, more importantly, you know, for young couples, uh, you need to be having some of those difficult conversations around money. And um, I actually find it interesting because the only reason we say it's difficult is because of all these uh, various reinforcements uh, that we have in our society, in workplaces, people can't talk about money. Um, and then you find all of those things filtering into households where people don't talk about money. So we have this thing. And um, I think that uh, stigma, that barrier really does need to get broken. So on the other side of this, we're going to continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. Forget what the little birdie told you. Follow us, follow us, follow us at BoFM and join the conversation. The, the business buzz. Now, before we continue with our conversation around financial planning for young adults, uh, we have a new segment, Coping with COVID-19, uh, where we're going to be looking at how different industries and sectors have been affected uh, by the COVID-19 pandemic and how players in those industries are thinking about life at the moment and how they think life will be uh, post-pandemic, how they imagine their sectors to be affected or to be changed. And then for today, we are our producer producer Slim we actually spoke to uh, Michael Codinia, who is a property analytics advisor at Anvil Property Smith, which is said to be South Africa's largest property platform. And uh, today we're just looking at uh, around what and how the property industry and its invested and its investment, sorry, have been affected uh, by the pandemic. And our question to Michael was more around what the significant impacts um, have been um, on the property sector, um, a, le- a little bit of an outlook around the sector and some advice um, that he may have for property owners. Here's what he had to say. The effects of COVID-19 are felt throughout various industries. And since then, we have been warned about significant job losses. Now looking at the South African real estate industry, which is one of the industries to be most significantly hit, especially since the country has been experiencing a change in the property market even before the pandemic. And because of this, the pandemic has been able to have the effect it has on the industry. From a REIT perspective, Africa has suffered significantly with African REITs losing approximately 50% of their profits in the first quarter. Because of this, we have seen the South African REITs Association taking steps to request the National Treasury relaxed taxation laws. This is because most companies or most REITs want to reduce the payout to dividends to their investors in favor of keeping the money within the business to reflect on their balance sheets and have stronger balance sheets. In terms of recuperating losses, the office market or investors in the office market may turn to co-working and alternative workspaces as this type of property may become more popular. Ultimately, this is hinged on the demand for office space, and because of remote working, this may unfold differently. We can also expect to see investors redirecting their energy to focus on residential portfolios to mitigate some of the losses, as this sector has been somewhat resilient. Demand for housing will increase among low-income and affordable housing, warranting attention from investors as the luxury housing sector struggled during this time. Alternatively, investors may turn to warehousing, the warehousing and logistics sector for properties that are performing well as a means to insulate themselves from losses associated with COVID-19. 
This is substantiated by the increase in e-commerce and subsequent need for warehousing and logistics property. The South African economy has been under pressure despite COVID-19 recording its second recession over a two-year period. According to support, national vacancies have been trending sideways, notwithstanding some upward and downward fluctuations in recent years. Muted employment and economic growth continue to diminish the industry's ability to recover vacancies in the short to medium term. The office market remains the worst position of all property markets due to an oversupply and high vacancy rates prevailing in the market. Evidently, vacancy rates have been on an upward trend before COVID-19, and as the market continues to respond to this pandemic, it is likely that COVID-19 will exasperate this trend. Given the volatility of the situation, it is difficult to quantify with certainty the severity, duration, and comprehensive impact COVID-19 will have on the office market. Over the short term, it is likely that demand for office space will decrease as corporate occupiers continue to respond to the pandemic. The combined effects of businesses focusing on maintaining productivity and business continuity, remote working, and financial pressures will continue to motivate um, tenants to downscale and redefine their space requirements using a leaner and agile strategy. While tenants that cannot overcome these operational challenges will vacate the properties and falling rentals and businesses going under will subsequently cause vacancies to continue increasing in the short term. Densification consolidation and maximizing space utilization has become a priority for tenants. Corporate occupiers can use this strategy to reduce their rental overheads and their footprint within a building. This will continue causing downward pressure in the office market and could not only soften rentals but lower rental growth projections. Beyond this, the forced adoption of technology combined with the workforce now aware of of the dangers of working in close proximity may cause occupiers to rethink the dynamics of the traditional workplace. Shorter leaf lengths may become popular as corporate occupiers begin to pivot away from traditional three to five year leases as a means to protect themselves against the volatility of outside market related forces. This could potentially translate into an increase in demand for co-working spaces or create innovative ways for tenants to grow and shrink within the building without incurring massive liabilities or costs. All that considered, shorter lease lengths may jeopardize a landlord's long-term rental security. Transactions that are at an advanced stage, such as legal due diligence, are expected to be completed. Other leasing decisions are currently and will continue for the immediate future to be reassessed. This, we ex- thus, we expect further, a further decrease in the amount of space a tenant may require in the short term. With leasing activity across the market being paused, pent-up demand is likely to be released while after the pandemic seeing an increase in the take-up of office space. However, the medium to long-term outlook depends on South Africa's economy and ability to outgrow the post-COVID-19 workspace requirements. You don't have to be a liker to like things. Oh my God. So like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Facebook. And follow them in brackets, voice of this. <laughs> You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. Welcome back to the Business Buzz. We are talking about uh, financial planning for young adults. And uh, right now we just want to maybe switch over, talk about uh, you know some of the tips and tricks and also the benefits around uh, financial planning. And to help us unpack this part of the show, we are joined by uh, Walani Babaso, who is the Provincial General Manager for Hauteng at ABSA. And she's just going to be helping us uh, to shed some light on how uh, you as a young adult can actually make the most uh, of your finances going forward into the future. Walani, greetings to you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I would first would like to talk about what, what a financial plan is. So really a financial plan is just a document containing a, your current money situation and long-term monetary goal as well as strategies to achieve those goals. And what's important there is that it starts with an evaluation of the individual's current financial state as well as the future expectation. This is quite important because if you really look at the benefits of financial planning, it literally says having a detailed plan provides you with a strategy to make practical financial decisions in all aspects of your life. And it's important that you follow and you stick to this plan because it allows you the best possible chance of, of success in achieving your life goals and long-term financial security. Where financial planning can help you, it helps you in preparation for example, buying a car, 
uh, furthering your education, maybe buying a house as you transition into marriage and having children as well as um, during your retirement. So if I just move over to some of the tips that we have, you know, it's very important here that I start with something that a lot of people start, uh, struggle with, <laughs> yeah. which is learning self-control. So, you know, self-control is something that we tend to take for granted, but it's really just being able to delay that self-gratification. Um, although you can effortlessly go purchase an item on, on credit, uh, you know, the, the minute you want it. I think it's actually quite better to wait until you've actually saved up some money for it. Uh, the question you should be asking yourself is, do you really want to pay interest on a pair of jeans or a box of cereal, uh, whereas you could have just saved um, the money? The second one that I would really like to talk about is just really making sure that you control your financial future. You know, what's very important to understand here is that as a young person, you need to take charge and read a few books on personal finance. We know that personal finance is something that is not taught in, in, in high school or even at university. So you need to spend some time and get to understand from an after perspective, we've got various platforms that you can utilize. For example, you know, we've got the APSA investment management services platform which is aims where you can actually be able to go and get more information around investments, around savings, so that you can really understand what it means and get to understand what compound interest is as well. But while you control your finance, I have to emphasize this, budgeting is so important. You gotta budget and budget and budget because it speaks to your monthly income versus the, you know, the expenses that you have. And I think the question that we, we should be asking ourselves, or you should be asking yourself as a young person, do you really have to buy that bottle of water? Or would you rather carry a bottle with you? Because all of those rents and cents, when you combine them, it becomes quite an enormous amount as well. The fourth tip, which is very important, is around starting an emergency fund. You know, an emergency fund is basically where you've got enough in the pot for those emergencies that you can come across as an individual. Simple things such as maybe having to go and fix your car that you did not budget for, or having to go and now get a plumber that you you probably did not have um, access to money for. So they always say in financial terms, you've got to learn as a young person to pay yourself first. No matter how low your salary may seem, it's wise to find some amount, any amount in your budget to save every month towards your emergency fund. It's important to understand that having money in your emergency can really keep you out of trouble financially and also help you to sleep better. And if you teach yourself from day one to get into this habit of saving and treating it as a non-negotiable expense, I think pretty soon you will have more than just an emergency uh, money saved up, but have enough for your retirement, have enough maybe for your vacation, but also have enough perhaps maybe to buy a a, a home, you know, for your down uh, payment in, in terms of your your deposit. Uh, well, I just want to, you know, quickly interject um, to follow up on this emergency fund uh, that you're talking about, because there's something you said at the beginning where you said pay yourself first. And uh, and I sometimes feel like people don't fully understand what that means. Where you know, I sometimes feel like uh, the messaging that comes across is that you should take care of yourself first, or you go get that thing that you want first. But it sounds to me like you're talking about saving. <laughs> so it's actually a good thing that you're asking that. I think what's very important is to understand the concept of paying yourself is not paying yourself after debit orders and all these other things have gone off. It's basically the minute the money drops into your account, really having a budget that says, if I earn so much, this amount goes into savings and that amount goes into savings. The first minute you start paying your bills, you should not be waiting to see what's left over. It should be something that is already a spending item in your budget. 
and you must teach yourself from day one that that's how you're going to do it. Because if you really look at it, practically, if you go and pay all of these other debts and things like that, when do you actually pay yourself for what you've been doing, for the work that you've been doing? Because all of these other times, when you pay rent, if you really look about, think about it, yes, it's a basic need to have accommodation, basic needs such as food and all of that. But these are things that you're actually paying towards enriching someone. As an example, when you pay your rent, you've got a landlord that you pay this money towards. Whereas when you put it away as a saving, there is so much that you can do with this amount of money. From going on vacation, this is you rewarding yourself. Um, you know, to having to put a down payment on your home. This is you now investing even further. Very, very important. It's not the item you do last. It's the first thing that you do when you get access to money. Okay. So on to number five. So now if you talk about number five, really, it's just saving for retirement. You know, when you are growing up, you tend to think you'll stay young for a very long time. You tend to hear a lot of people saying that, no, I'm still young, and they neglect the retirement. So very, very important that as a young person, you start investing into retirement because out of that, you will then be able to earn some compound interest. You will find yourself getting a lot of years to gain the compound interest. So from day one, when you have a job, you need to ensure that you are contributing towards your retirement. You can do this through aspects such as like, you know, your pension that you have, which is a compulsory one at work. But for those who do not have that as a compulsory element out of their their salary, it's important to go and take out a retirement annuity. What's important there is that when you put this retirement uh, money into retirement, you're also benefiting from tax because you can be able to claim some of these money back. Otherwise, you will be one of those people later on as an, as an adult going and staying somewhere and not having enough to survive mm. and also impacting on our social grants as well. So really, really make sure that you start saving for retirement, Eddie. Very important. Very important. Then I would really want to also touch on something that's very important, which is around guarding your health. You know, as individuals, we tend to think that the important asset is the material that we actually have but you as an individual you are the most important asset your ability of being able to go out there and earn income is not something that you should take for granted so here i am talking about being able to ensure that as a young professional or young person you go and put money and insure yourself for disability for severe health and just to ensure that you ensure your your income as well. Currently, globally, we're experiencing job losses. So vehicles such as retrenchment uh, comes in quite handy for a lot of people. It's really just being able to ensure that you have insured yourself as a person around those uncertainties of disability, severe health, and perhaps even retrenchment, so that when that comes your way, you will still be able to maintain some sort of dignified lifestyle or be able to pay off some of these things that you might have incurred for yourself. Um, then I think if you really look at the next one is protecting your wealth. You know, it's quite important that I talk about this because young people go buy a car, it's a new car, or you go and buy a house, but you don't think about the insurance that you need to put into place for this um, specific item. Mm-hmm. And here we're talking specifically around short-term insurance. You never drive out of a garage with a car without having insurance. Because (laughs) if you don't do that, you are basically not protecting any of the assets that you're starting to build up. So teach yourself never to be one of those people who think insurance does not work or insurance is not important. Because when you are able to do that, you, you are giving yourself an opportunity to really just ensure that going forward, you you have got your things taken care of. If an accident happens, you will be able to claim. If you've got a house and there are plumbing issues or whatever the situation is, you actually have some form of money that can actually um, make sure that you pay for whatever it is that comes your way. So but I think really just from a young person perspective, I just want to touch on some of the things that we have as a bank, as APSA, that are quite helpful 
for the younger people, which is around the value proposition that we have. And that speaks to really just getting to a point where, as a young person, you can be able to access things such as your home loan, vehicle finance, a dedicated financial advisor, to just ensure that you do not stay, you know, you don't you don't come across challenges as a young person. What's very important to mention here is that I remember when I was quite young, you have access to credit so easily. So stay away from credit that is not necessary. You know, credit around buying clothes or credit for, for furniture and all of those things that are not really, really just important items. But definitely you will have to go and, and acquire credit for things such as your home or things such as a car and all of that. So we've got an amazing uh, value proposition for young people. Go to any of the APSA branches. We're also available virtually where you can be able to, to go and get information. But the first thing, speak to a professional financial advisor. It's so important that you can go and engage this person and get to understand what your goals are and get to understand what your long-term plan is so that you can then stick to that plan going forward. Make sure that whoever you sit with takes you through the six steps of financial planning, which is very, very important because out of that, you will get to learn and understand as you go in the journey. Um, Walani, perhaps as a, as a as a last point on us, uh, because because of time, um, I want to follow up that uh, that conversation about talking to a you know a financial advisor. You know, what do you what what do you think of uh, the role that technology is is playing, especially during this time where so many people because uh because of social distancing etc people are preferring to do their banking online through through mobile applications that sort of thing um what does that do to you know some of that interfacing that you're talking about with um you know financial advisors and you know professionals at the bank that are meant to advise young people so look, I think we, we, you know, if you really look at digitization and 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 where we are currently, the internet has a lot of personal financial resources that you can have a look at as a young person, which can also be your starting point. So we can never take away that. But I think what's very important is to remember that this is a journey. So I always use an example of a doctor. Why do we go and sit in a doctor evaluates you first before they give you a prescription? That's because they got to understand what is happening with your health before they can actually diagnose you and say, this is the problem and therefore go and fix it this way. So the very same applies with when you sit with a financial advisor. It's really getting to a point where you can actually get diagnosed and then you leave with the prescription, which is your plan in terms of what you need to do. And that's the journey that you follow. So considering that obviously there's social distancing and all of that, what's quite great is that as a bank, we are quite careful around interacting with clients um, to an extent that we are maintaining the social distance, but we also have virtual platforms that young people can actually utilize uh, within the bank instead of having to physically go and see a person at a branch. So there are various ways of doing that. I think what's also very important to mention is that Right now, if you go and just put the word budget and you Google it, you will be able to see so many different templates and even applications that you can be able to use to track your finances. So there is a lot of that that you can have have access to. But also remember, go through that journey with somebody that I always say it's a coach, but it's a financial advisor who knows some of the pitfalls and who can actually be able to direct you in that journey. It becomes a lonely journey and money is a very tricky subject. So ensure that you've got somebody to coach you in the process, but stick to good advisors. Those ones who are professionally qualified to actually advise you.
So stick to professional advisors, those ones that can actually advise you. Uh, those are the words from Walani Mabaso, who is the Provincial General Manager for Gauteng at APSA. Just unpacking some of the tips, um, especially for young people that are you know, trying to get uh, their financial affairs in order. Uh, she's just talking about some of the big ones, uh, having self-control, uh, making sure that you, you, know, you control your financial future, uh, you know, you don't always have to have uh, instant gratification. Uh, you can delay and actually save for something. She actually says, you know, why Why not just save for that pair of jeans? Why should you have to pay interest on a pair of jeans? You know, issues of budgeting, saving for retirement, and also just uh, guarding your health, uh, you know, just in case because you never know what life might throw at you. Also, just talking about the importance of insurance and protecting your wealth and uh, some of the, you know, some of the tools that they have at APSA. And she just ends off by encouraging people to actually talk to someone or to at least, um, do your research. We know that young people are, are very tech savvy. Uh, so why not take advantage of some of the tech savvy to actually, um, get to know what, you know, or what is actually going on and educate yourself through the power of the internet. It. So that's it. On the other side of this, we come to the end of the show. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. So with that, we've come to the end of uh, today's show. Thank you so much to everyone who was listening. Thank you to our guests, uh, Zanele and uh, Walani. I think the big one for me is just you hear some common themes between what the ladies were saying. Um, though Walani was focused more around the tips for how to effectively financial plan as a young adult versus Zanele talking more around um, savings, I think all of it is very important. And while some of the common themes you heard is that having a plan in place is um, you know is always a good place to start um, both ladies also emphasized the issue of uh, having a budget in place but one of the things I enjoyed about what uh, Zanele was talking about is uh, the practical tips um, that she gave like you know going through your budget you know multiple times you know perhaps in a day in a week in a month you know just so that you're always cognizant of what you're working towards and also making it realistic and also just talking about the fact that we are human and um, the other one was just how she also talk, talked about the fact that there need to be better conversations about money that are being had and also Walani just talking about uh, you know making sure that you have insurance in place uh, making sure that you actually go and have those conversations with your banker and stuff like that um, go inside the bank or at least go online and educate yourself about how to have a good financial plan in place for me personally i think very important show savings month but it shouldn't be just something that's done in the month of july um all through the year this is just something that's important saving planning and then investing your money so that you can grow and always have um, some type of emergency funds available at least grow your wealth um, because at the end of the day what's the use of going to work if it's not to build towards something so that's been it um, a very good show i hope that we can uh, follow up on something like this in future so that's been it. Don't forget that you can find and follow uh, Voice of Vets. That's Vow FM on social media. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. That is Vow FM or Voice of Vets. And then our other Facebook page is Vets Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at Vow FM. And our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. Remember that you can also uh, find us on Iono.fm uh, for our podcasts. All our links are available there together with our content for the Business Buzz show, which is available on vets.journalism.com forward slash business so that's it thank you so much uh, for listening this afternoon thank you to our amazing team our technical producer is Kutlano Serame together with our executive producer Glory Mabuza and uh, uh, our producer Slindile Musibi we are in we are going to be having some new members of the team very soon and uh, we're going to be talking about it in the next show don't miss the business but same time same place next week uh, for more insights into the world of business. Otherwise, don't turn that down. There's more great content coming up on VOW FM. So for myself, Mdiwa Mob, Justice Gavaza, and the rest of the team, it is good afternoon and take care. Mob Justice on the Business Buzz.
The Business Buzz Podcast.